Hello and welcome to Crushing Comics. This is the comic re comics review show from the Comic Crush. Uh, I am Matt Murdoch. With me is Electra Natchez. We're also known by our uh, our real life names of uh, Paul and Liz. Those are just our secret identities, in case you are in any doubt. Um, we are here, as I said at the beginning, to review comics uh, and hopefully just give you a bit of insight about what's out this week. We're also going to do a tiny bit of film and chat and um uh talk about some comics news as well that sort of uh happened in the last day or so uh that i'm certainly excited about um comics we're going to talk about this week carnage forever uh step by bloody step number one and ghost rider number one i'm um, very he marvel heavy week liz uh you must uh be cock a hoop <laughs> <laughs> uh it's always nice to get some marvel issue ones you know and uh and in the case of uh carnage here it's a one shot actually yes um, indeed, indeed sort yes. of preceding an issue one uh, apparently 30 years of carnage which I, I didn't realize um so uh i guess i mean carnage not a character i'm really familiar with um like, should we just fly straight into this one? Because, uh, sure. like, I, 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 as I said, I'm not really a, a big Carnage fan. I'm not really a big Symbiote fan. I uh, read the original kind of Venom stuff way back when, when I was very, very, very young, <laughs> um, because it, it sort of carried on from Secret Wars, the original uh, 84 Secret Wars, um, and kind of sprung into Spider-Man and the sort of Spider-Man, I think, UK magazines I was buying at the time. Um, but I never really knew anything about Carnage. Uh, I'm not a big Symbiote fan, as we learned um, when we did the Venom pod uh, way back when, um, in which I fell asleep whilst you were talking about Venom. Um, although I, I do blame you. <laughs> what? I do you do blame, blame you me. That. I blame you. Um <laughs> Well, like you were banging on about a particular run of Venom. Which is frankly, amazing. Which didn't is... sound very interesting to me. Yeah, right. And I just thought, okay, she probably won't mind if I just take five minutes out. You know, we were we were working really hard back then and we were kind of doing lots of late nights and things. So, uh, you know, I thought, oh, take 40 weeks, she won't mind. Um, I mind. I was quite enjoying it until I was woken up by the dulcet tones of somebody shouting at me going are you asleep are you asleep <laughs> why are you asleep because <laughs> you're boring me that's why yeah right I, I, I was just very tired I, I, actually when i bring back the frame by frame podcasts onto uh, uh the comic crush you guys will be able to hear that that beautiful <laughs> moment in podcasting um, uh, yeah, I, I remember uh, some of our listeners coming into the shop also being appalled <laughs> that you would have fallen asleep on the pod. <laughs> All that stuff is gold, Liz, I'm telling you. It's gold. Um, so on, on to this. So this is a one-shot, as Liz pointed out. Um, I believe it's kind of the precursor to the new series that I think Ram V is going to be writing. He's currently on... Um, co-writing duties with Al Ewing on the Venom series. This has sprung out of that. I think Ram's going to be soloing on this one in terms of the writing. I can't remember who the artist is. I'm really sorry. I think it's Salvador Larocco. Right, right. That would make sense. Uh, yeah. If I um, although, weirdly enough, they don't lead with a Ram V story in this. So in terms of writers, you've got Philip Kennedy Johnson and Ram V. 
artists, you've got Edgar Salazar and Rachel, um, Rachel Rosenberg doing the colours. Um, Salvador LaRocca is doing the other story uh, with Rain Barado doing the colours there. And VC's Josephino provides the letters for the whole thing, apart from the funnies, which are at the back. And they're all done by Ty Templeton, who's got a long sort of history of doing that, that sort of style of, of stuff. And he's a terrific artist. Um, and, and the funnies were actually, I found, quite cute. To be fair, so not a Carnage fan, but would it surprise you to know that I actually quite enjoyed this? Uh yeah, I, I was wondering what you'd make of it. Mm. Like I, I kind of, I, it's good to see these things sort of stray into genres. We've had two good horror books this week. Uh, of course, another one we'll, we'll be talking about in a minute. I won't, I won't say what it is just yet. Um, but this is out and out horror, really. Um, so there's a, a sort of child on her own on the street who's kind of, she's not run away from home, but she can kind of gets kicked out by her squatting parents on a daily basis. And she's there drawing on the street. And a sort of kindly stranger does try and, and help her out. And, and that at first in itself seemed in this day and age, you know, does come across as quite sinister within itself, but it actually isn't like the guy's kind of motives were pure, but unfortunately it means the kid is, is kind of left open and, and becomes a victim of now. Now you think it's, it, it's the spirit of Cletus Cassidy. Well, it does actually say it is Cletus Cassidy, right? Yeah. It's, it's kind of his symbiote, yeah. but What's interesting about it is when you get to the second story, that isn't Cletus. That's kind of a different version of Carnage almost, right? Well, um, it seems like, okay, here's here's like my take on it. It's It seems like, you know, even though Cletus's body has been destroyed, he is still kind of, he, he remains mm. bonded with uh, the symbiote, but the symbiote has no host at the moment. Right. So, uh so it's it's still his kind of consciousness within the body of the symbiote, but the symbiote is still like out seeking a new host. Right, um, and I mean these things they they could be taking place at separate, you know, completely different times. It's not really stated and 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 whatnot. But I mean, anytime you bring kids into a horror story, it's always going to be trouble. Uh, kids are inherently creepy. I'm sorry, people, please stop having them. Um, they're fine when they're babies, but it's just when they get to the sort of toddler age and up, they start to become a bit weird. <laughs> like they're just weird <laughs> and creepy. Well, um, uh, you know, they, there is something about uh, about kids in horror films and horror yeah. stories that adds an extra layer of creepiness because of their, you know, like sort of, um, their, you know, the appearance of innocence. Uh, and to have that sort of twisted, and you know, it, it, it just makes it extra, you know, extra creepy. Yeah. I bet, I bet you were a creepy kid, weren't you? Running um, around looking like adorable. Wednesday Adams. <laughs> adorable, Paul. <laughs> Wednesday Adams. Well, yeah. Plotting your murders. <laughs> trying to cast spells. <laughs> Don't see the problem there. <laughs> When you say button, do you mean one of those badges that accidentally sticks you? <laughs> you uh, well, you know, uh, adorable, um, Paul. Yeah, all right. <laughs> what happened? Um, a, lot, a lot can happen a couple of decades later, eh? Like... 
I'm still adorable. <laughs> I'd like some comments on that, guys. If, if you think <laughs> the creepy kid, <laughs> the creepy goth kid turned into an adorable adult, please feel free to comment. <laughs> um, anyway, so, I, I, I mean... Like I, I thought, the first half at least was a, a very effective horror story, mm-hmm. um, and and I actually found it quite disturbing. Um, I'm easily disturbed these days, though. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, and I, I I think the art by by um, uh, Edgar Salazar is really solid in this this opening story. In fact, throughout the whole book. Um, but I, I like this. Kind of thing. I mean, there is a horrible element where, you know, it's uh, <laughs> you know some of the stuff that that Cletus says to the kid is is just it's just like oh man, this is nasty. <laughs> this is really horrible. <laughs> uh, and I feel it should be like a book for mature audiences, but um, yeah, I genuinely found it quite. Yeah, I mean, um, some of the implications are quite dark, you know, you yeah. get the sense that her parents or guardians, whoever they are, are like probably drug addicts and they're abusive and, yeah, you know, so their fate, uh, when it befalls them, you really don't feel too bad. Um, it, it, it's weird because you, I couldn't, I couldn't have seen Ram writing this story, which, which he didn't, you know, this is the Philip Kennedy Johnson one. I, I, I don't like it. This doesn't feel like something that Ram would have written. Um but uh, I'll be interested to see what his take on Carnage is going to be in, as he does the new stuff. I think he is writing a new series, I, I believe. Yeah, no, he is. On, he is. And, yeah, um, yeah. and the uh, the backup story uh, is written by Ram. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and that's, that's uh, it's only a couple of pages, but um, it's it gives you a glimpse into what it seems like he might be planning to do. Uh, mm. With his carnage run, uh, you know, an interesting development happens uh, in just these few pages, um, you know, that I would say, you know, it, it may be worth picking up the book for just on its own yeah. because, um, I mean, I, because I, I, of I, the uh, the death of a known character. Sure. And I, I mean, I don't want to kind of spill too much information about that, but there's a very clever thing uh, with the sprinklers in the prison that... Uh... <laughs> carnage as one of the prison guys which i actually really liked and it was like oh that's a really good device like i really like them uh, the way they've kind of approached that um but yeah like overall an actually pretty good book like a good one shot and i i, I enjoyed it um and i definitely think i'll be picking up the first issue of carnage to see what what's gonna gonna happen there yeah. at least and give it a chance yeah. um and again, as I keep saying on the show, um, uh, I have kind of been converted over to a lot of Marvel characters this, in the last year. You know, Kang, Moon Knight, all these things that I, <clears throat> excuse me, wasn't reading really and didn't really have a staggering amount of interest in, I, I've now kind of been converted to. Um, of course, Kang the Conqueror, only, only Myself to Conquer, that just came out in trade, and that's written by Kelly and Lansing. Um, and I think that that is possibly, I, I think by the time we reach the end of 2022, that'll be one of my books of the year. Hmm. Um, because I, I loved that. I'm just rereading it now for review purposes, and, and I, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, Carnage, one shot. Carnage Forever from Marvel. Uh, that's out now at your local comic book shop. Um, 
Now, there is one we've got to talk about this week that's actually quite a difficult book to approach, which is um, Saisperia and uh, Matthias Bagara's uh, Step by Bloody Step. So, as I said, uh, story by Saisperia, uh, art by Matthias Bagara. Bergara, um, if I'm saying that right, uh, uh, colours by Matthias Lopez, or Matthias Lopes, uh, designed by Emma Price. Now, this has been kind of percolating, at least for a while, in terms of advanced word. Like, a lot of people have kind of seen some of this and gone, yeah, this is going to be good. Um and uh, Liz, would you like to tell folks who perhaps don't know what's unique about uh, Step by Bloody Step? Uh, right. Okay. So uh, so I think we may have even mentioned this on a previous podcast, you know, um, uh, you know, that, that it did, was yeah. a book that was coming up that was we were both interested in uh, in checking out when it did um, uh, because it is somewhat unique uh, in that uh, this is essentially a dialogue free book. Yeah. Um, so it is, uh, it is written by Sice Barrier, um, who is actually, you know, kind of known for, you know, his signature dialogue, but, mm. uh, this book contains none of that, uh, which, you know, is very interesting. So it is a very artist led, uh, book in that way. And, and it is fascinating because there is, there are one or two bits of dialogue in the book, but they are spoken in an indecipherable language. Um, there are no sound effects that I recall. Um, the book is stunning. Like, I mean, I, I was just absolutely, and I'm really gutted that I, for some reason I couldn't get the images to work this week. So sorry, guys, anyone, anyone who's watching on the YouTube channel. Um, but the the images were gorgeous. Um, like, just, just yeah, absolutely, absolutely blow me absolutely. away. Mm -hmm. I think um, Bagara did the book a couple of years back. I've actually forgotten what it's called, though, with maybe Carl Kershaw, which was a fantasy piece. Isola? I, I, I think, okay. Oh, right. Okay. I think, I, which I didn't I read. Think. I didn't, but I do recall that. I believe he and Cy Spurrier have worked together on Coda, which I think is also fantasy. Yes. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking of Coda. Um, I'm just going to try and quickly look up Isola now. Uh, sorry to be using my phone during the show, guys, but I think that, that uh, did they were, were they also the creative team on uh, the John Constantine Hellblazer? Because I know Cy wrote that, and I want to say that um, Bergera was the artist on no, that, that was well? that was Aaron Campbell. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, yes, I uh, oh, so sorry, Carl, Carl Kershaw was the the sole uh creator i believe of, of isola so i do apologize about that i had that wrong yeah you're probably thinking um, coda yes I'm, I'm, i am i think i am thank you for um and coda remains very popular uh it, it's always a big seller in stores um and is an incredibly gorgeous book um bagara has this kind of fascinating style that is somewhere between kind of um that almost nostalgic style of art that you might see Darwin Cook do. And um, I guess some of the more kiddie friendly stuff, you know, that you, you, you see a lot nowadays that usually involve kind of mythic elements. 
Um, I'm sorry, I struggled to think of anyone specific to, to sort of compare them to. Um, so the book is beautifully coloured, um, beautifully rendered, and it sort of chronicles the story of this giant creature, it seems, who is ferrying this small child who sits in the palm of his hand across this sort of forbidden land. There are They're attacked by monsters frequently. Um, the, and the thing is, because it's dialogue-free and caption-free, you don't get how, how long the story's taking place over, but it does seem to be taking place over quite a long period because the child starts to grow. Did you get that from the... Yeah, like, yeah. Because, you know, you see her hair growing longer and, of course, she gets taller and, and things like that. Um, and eventually the, 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 the creature that she's escort, es, being escorted by is uncovered. And I don't want to say any more than that because I don't want to spoil it for people. Right. Um, but it's, I can't see quite where it's going yet. Um, right. I would love to read Spurrier's scripts for this. I would love to as well. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah cause I mean, there are, there are beautiful little moments, uh, throughout it, you know, yeah. um, as you say, it's, it, it's, it's hard to say exactly, um, where it's going, but we do know that, um, you know, they're on a journey together. It seems as though, um, they're being pursued. Um, right. uh, you know, which, uh, which doesn't become really clear until the end. Um, you know, they, they, it's clearly a fantasy world where there are, you know, numerous monsters, um, you know, that kind of, uh, as you say, you know, the giant um, winds up battling along the way. Um, mm. But there's this really beautiful, lovely little moments like um, during one of the first battles um, between uh, between the giant and um, these like sort of wolf like creatures, um, the little child uh is kind of set down, uh, you know, sort of to, to you know, uh, for safety, really, for safety, yeah. yeah. Um, but she uh, is distracted by the sight of a flower, mm. and so you have this action scene going on in the background where these wolves are being ripped apart by a giant, but like the little girl is just fixated on this flower, um, and uh, and it's kind of this lovely little moment, um, completely. And, you know, just kind of sums up, you know, how innocent she is. Um, and, you know, on, you know, un, unaware of, uh, of exactly sort of, you know, what's happening around her. And, mm -hmm. uh, and the only bits of, uh, of information we're given are actually on the back cover, um, which are that a girl wakes, she has no memories, no name, no language, nothing except a giant. Right. So, you know, so you wouldn't necessarily get that from from no. reading the book. Um, but with that context, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that all makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the, the book itself is, is gorgeous. I just, just as I said, I'm sorry. I like to keep going back to it. It's just absolutely stunning. And there, there are three. It's got punctuated by three amazing double page spreads that are just kind of environmental things, and become these beautiful kind of tableaus telling the story at different times. Um, I mean, beyond yes, there's a pursuit. I, I don't know 
where it's kind of going. Um, I, I assume they're going to carry on this style for, for all four issues. Um, it does remind me a lot, like looking at the last page, uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of reminded of Mobius and the Inca yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and there, there's definitely that kind of feel to it. Um, it is difficult to kind of talk about a book that has no no dialogue and where the plot i mean there is plot obviously there is story there is plot there is action but you're you're shorn of the things that you would cling to to figure that out which is um, interesting because it actually i feel like it um it puts the impetus on the reader to kind of fill in the blanks um, mm. and, you know, to make those, you know, kind of leaps for themselves uh, as to what's happening. And, uh, and that's interesting because your read of it might've been completely different than mine. Right. Um, although I, I think we're kind of on the same, same page about it. Um, I, you don't know yet whether or not this girl was perhaps a like the danger. Do you know right. what I mean? She could she could be the big bad of the piece, for all we know. Um, and in fact, it wouldn't surprise me if maybe it turns out that way. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just making suppositions and guesses based on on you know what we know of storytelling, and um, but it doesn't appear to be that way. Um, yeah, it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> to kind of, and I mean, I'm sure, sure, Cyrus Berea and 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 Matthias Bagara were kind of counting on on this sort of reaction <laughs> for people to be. I really like flung. that about it, you know. Yeah. I really like no, that. About it. I think it's, uh, you know, it's a challenge for you know mm. for somebody who's used to relying on dialogue, um, but also, you know, it's like we're all comics readers. We all, you know, ha have a familiarity with uh, visual storytelling. Um, so this just kind of, you know, it's just flexing those muscles a little harder, I guess. Um, and, and you can kind of see that within that, I, I think if you're going to strip out dialogue, you might need more panels and you can see why it's a 40 page book. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, and it is, it, it's a slightly pricier, so it's like five bucks, um, it's slightly thicker book. Uh, and I believe all the issues are going to be like that. Um, but I'm certainly on board for the four issues. Absolutely. I thought this was like a really stunning first issue, mm. um, you know, and so so sort of stand out, you know, for what it's kind of uh, like trying to achieve, um, you know, and mm. I thought it did so very, very successfully uh, in the first issue. Like like you said, it's got this like beautiful kind of almost European um, style, uh, you know, art style um, and, you know, just uh, it, it's it's really really beautiful fantasy elements um and and a story that you know it's like i think that you know it, you can you can kind of make your own decisions so far about some of what's happening but i'm sure it will become clearer as as things go along um but right now you know we, 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 you know even without um without the dialogue, without the words, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, you, you become attached to this, this young girl character right away. Um, yeah. And her totally. relationship with the giant. And, and I, you know, I just thought it was beautiful. Hmm. 
like absolutely stunning my hope is when they like I, i'm gonna buy the four issues in singles i think my hope is when they they release it in trade they do the right thing and, and blow this up to a, a, a much bigger size like this deserves to be at the very least a big hardcover or a treasury edition um it, it just absolutely stunning um yeah, I really enjoyed that. So it's step by bloody step. Um, I, I did you just get the regular cover because I, I got the. I did. Yeah, that's uh, a really Ian nice Bertram. cover. Yeah. So yeah, this is that's Ian gorgeous. Bertram. So this is. Like I love cover, Ian Bertram. Yeah, this is cover uh, B, um, but yeah, I, 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 I absolutely love that, and and I'm looking forward to more. Um, shall we just move on to Ghost Rider now? Uh, this is this again was another one that surprised me. Um, Ghost Rider celebrating, yeah, another horror book. Uh, Ghost Rider celebrating fifty years. It's everyone's wow. birthday. Wow, um, jeez. Except mine, blub. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> again, not a character. I mean, are you sort of moderately versed, well versed in Ghost Rider? I wouldn't say well versed. Moderately versed is is right. better because uh, you know I've read bits here and there. Um, I read uh, Jason Aaron did a run like way back in the day. Uh, you know, I read, you know, I, I would dip in, uh, to the Robbie Reyes, uh, stuff, right. you know, um, but, uh, to be honest, I, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm a, I'm a big, uh, ghostwriter, you know, reader, um, but I've always liked the character, you know, he pops up in things that I read, you know, he'll, right. it's, it's one of those characters who's like kind of more of an anti-hero and I like that, I um, like you I, know. I've not really read much. I, I know the basics, but unfortunately, the basics I know are from that that silly pair of films. Um, <clears throat> um, and so I can't say I'm a fan or really give a monkeys. To be brutally honest, <laughs> however, uh, this is the Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider, not not Robbie Reyes um, or Danny Catch. Oh, is there another? There's another Ghost Rider. Yeah, Danny Ketch, um, right, who is okay. now uh, who is now going by Death Rider, I believe. Right, um, right, right. Okay. Um, Again, history I'm not aware of, so so I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so this is by Benjamin Percy. Uh, it's drawn by uh, Cody Smith, I believe. Corey Smith, I do apologise. So Benjamin Percy writing, Corey Smith drawing. Uh, Brian Valenza is the colour artist, and VCs Travis Lanham is the letterer. Um, so, again, didn't know what to expect from this. I did just kind of pick it up because it was a new number one to talk about. Um, we see Johnny Blaze in therapy talking about his inability to kind of sleep. He's having nightmares. He's beginning to kind of lose his grip on reality. He's unsure what is his waking life, what is the nightmare. Uh, the nightmares are quite horrific. He's dreaming about demons. He's kind of flashing back to his life as Ghost Rider. He doesn't seem to remember that he's Ghost Rider or has been Ghost Rider. Um, he's kind of nullifying all that with alcohol. Um, in this life that he's living now, he has a wife and two kids, which previously I, I certainly wasn't aware of. I don't know if they've been part of the mythos before. Um but something weird is afoot. Um, yes. And I, you know, you genuinely, again, you genuinely get some odd, creepy stuff in this. Um, you do. 
I mean, the uh, the eye popping out of the scar in his head was particularly gruesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a proper <laughs> horror book, honestly. Um, you know, there is, you know, like like you said about Carnage, you know, there's something about little children that's innately creepy. There's something about, like, white bread suburbia that, that you know, has this uh, ability sure. to create this contrast, you know. Um, and also, second dog death this week in a Marvel. I book. know that they Marvel has it in for dogs this week. Like, <laughs> I mean, yes. like that, yeah, and both very gruesome. Uh, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I, I mean, got wonder, if you're is, a dog person, it's uh, it's not your week. Uh, is 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 no poodle, poodle safe from uh, <laughs> from the editors at Marvel? Oh, I it's think. funny you should mention that. I I, I was watching an interview with the vampire again this week. Uh, oh, you know, for the first yeah, time in ages. There's that amazing the scene poodles, with the poodles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, what a great movie. Um, we're introduced to, uh, speaking of monsters, we're, we're introduced to a kind of monster hunting arm of the FBI as well like a supernatural arm. And um, we have this character who I don't know. Um, Ta uh, Talia Warrod? Warrod? Do you, like, have you ever encountered her before? Uh, no. However, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure like, you know, uh, regular Ghost Rider readers will probably. Um, yeah. Look, I, I mean, I, I, I know <laughs> Next to nothing about this. Like I said, it's like really, you know, my I, I have like a, a fairly minimal, uh, you know, sort of knowledge. Uh, you know, I I did I did read like you know I think uh, Jason Aaron wrote it for a while, but this was ages right. ago, and I believe mm. it was Danny Ketch uh, as and, the Ghost Rider at the time. And the um, Robbie Reyes stuff has been like in recent memory that's been quite popular. And doesn't he pop up in Agents of Shield? He does. Well? He does. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. um so this There's, is the first time Johnny Blaze, I think, has been the Ghost Rider for quite some time. Yeah, and it and it's very much a return, you know, to Johnny Blaze. I mean, if you've got Johnny Blaze in the beginning of the book and the book is called Ghost Rider, you know that Johnny Blaze is going to return. I, I don't want to spoil what he has to go through to get there, but there's some good, bloody, horrible stuff. Right. Um, and it was good fun, and I did enjoy it. Now, it, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know if me personally, I'm going to go pick that book up. Okay. I, I'm unsure. I will certainly, you know, consider giving it a go. I think if you enjoy it, readers out there, if you enjoy it, you should pick it up. It is a well-constructed book. I really liked um, it. I, I did yeah. really like it. You know, I think I, I'm definitely picking up the next issue. And it definitely recalled, like, Hell, Hellblazer for me. Like, See, uh, yeah, like it's, I, sort of you know, it's a character... Yeah, I don't know why I haven't read more Ghost Rider because honestly, like you know, all, it's got all the ingredients for me because I like, um, you know, I like antiheroes, I like darker characters, um, mm. you know, I like, uh, you know, like horror and demons and all, you know, all the stuff you get in a Ghost Rider book, um, yeah. you know, and I think it's just, uh, it's just because my plate was probably too full, you know, in terms of what I was reading at the time, you know, sure. over the last couple of years that I haven't like sort of, uh, you know, been going out of my way. Uh, and they haven't done that. I think since that all new Ghost Rider, I don't think they've done um, like an ongoing for a little while. No. So. Um, and this hopefully will, will last like Benjamin Percy's on a ton of books right now. I think, I think he's doing quite a few. Uh, he, he, he is apparently a very well-renowned TV writer. Um, 
So I, I don't know how long this will last. Not necessarily because of sales, but I'm not sure how long he'll stick with the book. I, I assume he's on it for for the 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 indefinite sort of future. Yeah, as he, I mean, as he's he still like... is with Wolverine and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, yeah, like a really solid book. I, I, it's very bloody. So like, we do have to warn people about that. Like, it is rated teen plus, but I, I like, I actually think mature would have been <laughs> more kind of, you know, there's 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 a lot of gore in this. Right. It's a it, for a Marvel book. It's a it's not a Max book or anything like that. No. that you know, uh, but it's like it verges on that sort of territory. I think. Yeah, and it's not sentimental in any way whatsoever. It doesn't really spare anyone or anything. So um, definitely, definitely one to kind of read with caution. Like, don't don't give it to your kids, guys. Like, don't give it to your children, please. Like, it's not really. <laughs> right. Yeah, not, you know. I, I, I'm uh, always amazed at the number of parents you get coming in and they want specific things and you're like, not necessarily to now to to gosh, but used to get it a ton at all. Well, we'd say to them, okay, but this book is quite, you know. Oh yeah, like I would have grim. like parents wanting to pass like Walking Dead to their yeah, and, like nine or and, ten year old, and it's like, Ugh. and it's amazing how the Walking Dead would become the Bronco because they go, oh, they watch the TV show, so it's fine, and it's just like, really. Yeah, for, for starters, really. But also, like, the book is even worse, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I'm not sure how I feel about age ratings and books. I know there was that big thing many years ago with Alan Moore, uh, which which I think was one of the things that, that kind of predicated him leaving DC was the the arrival of the mature readers tag. Um, and like, I, I, I really don't know how I feel about it. I mean, there's, there's plenty of books. I mean, I would not like children reading, you know, Gilbert Hernandez's blubber, for example, for no. different reasons. For uh, different yeah. reasons. I mean, we, and, we seal that book up like, you know. Um, right. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised. because yeah I mean I, like I I I in general I am in support of you know of at least uh putting like a rating on like your Marvel and DC books yeah so that parents have the option um you know or or indeed like you know uh people have the option for themselves if you know if if you're mm. somebody whose taste is a bit squeamish you know you might not want to pick up this Ghost Rider book because you know and, yeah. and like it's it's just you know uh all it does is, you know, exist to warn you one way or the other, you know, that uh, sure. that it might not be, you know. And, and a lot of the books, I think, are overrated. Like, I, I mean, you know, they say, you know, Spider-Man is rated teen or teen plus, and it's just like, look, yeah, that's be fine. You know, it's it's really for the the intensity of the action, you know. Um, but this kind of deserves the teen plus, if not mature rating. It, it is incredibly bloody. Uh, and quite gunky and gory and gooey and all those sorts of things. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I did too. Uh, you know, and I get that it, like, it, it just got away with like not being a Max book, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Which is like, I think, you know, it gives it that, uh, that ability to sort of probably be read by more readers because it's not a Max book. But I was like, mm, yeah, like if you took this a few stages, you know, it's too, a step or two further it would be how you know you'd, you'd need that kind of branding yeah completely 
completely. Um, yeah, so Ghost Rider uh, number one. It's a, it's a six dollar book, but it is a, again it's a thicker book. It is. Uh, but you know, also we're dealing with Marvel, so don't be surprised at that. Although I, I've got to say, Mar I think Marvel really toned back the expensive books this year or in the last year or so. Um, and it's in fact DC that have kind of inflated moved into that. Up, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and have you noticed I, with DC? Have you noticed <laughs> yeah. that uh, like some I know of the what books? You're are you? I, I don't know if you do. Um, it's uh, it's different covers have different prices. Yeah. Um, like so, for example, like you know, like Batman or Detective, like you know, um, like the Bermeo covers are like a dollar more. Yeah. For the same issue, you know. I do um, because I buy them. So <laughs> I definitely know that. And also, I don't know if you've seen recently. And again, I'm not knocking them because it's still a quality uh, paper stock. But for the five dollar books, the four four dollars ninety nine, uh, which is about four fifty four sixty in the UK, they've uh, shifted the paper card stock to a non glossy card stock, um, which is like, come on, man. So then all the glossy card stock books are like six bucks. I mean that Joker book they did that that's kind of coming to the end of its run that ran for fourteen issues. That was six dollars. The 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 bear minimum cost of that book was six dollars and i think it was a slightly thicker book with a backup in so you are getting comic for that money however you know i i don't i don't know how they think people can really afford to do it um and i think what you're gonna get now is a lot of people culling titles off their their thing and 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 i also all the major characters shifted up to five dollar books so Batman, Superman, One D. Uh, uh, suddenly, all of a sudden, they're all five dollar books. Um, uh, you know, and, and well, yes, thicker books, but I, I'd much rather just a thinner book. <laughs> Four bucks. <you> know? <laughs> no, no longer, no longer holding the line at two dollars ninety nine. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you know, although so, that, was, that was over a decade ago. That was quite ago, a while so, ago. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's wishful thinking to, and, but know. that was a response to the the rising cost of comics back then, and you know, um, it's it's interesting how uh, like DC have gone. This will lead into to what we're going to talk about in a second. DC have gone very Batman centric for their their current run. I mean, it, it's easy to see why because you've got the new movie coming out, but that like it is just Batman, 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 but everywhere. And even I'm kind of just like, this is too much. Um, and I, I wonder if, I mean, I, I don't know that the other characters are falling short because of it, because what there also is a rise from DC rise in from DC is the, um, kind of more experimental black label stuff uh the the younger readers stuff the the, the ya stuff and there there is actually some great books and they they they're employing some kind of quite experimental artists and creators and i i think i feel like you know, you know that's that is um perhaps a response which you know to what was going on um at marvel like several years ago i kind of mm. remember you know the conversation then being like oh why isn't dc doing you know doing some of the stuff that, that Marvel are doing. And I feel like they've responded by, by doing some really interesting mm. things. Like, as you say, with, uh, you know, with the changes, like, you know, um, 
uh, like, you know, sort of post Dan Didio, um, you know, you've seen Vertigo shut down, you've seen, you know, the black label, um, you know, kind of rise up, you know, mm. as almost like a, a Marvel Max equivalent. Yeah. Um, and the DC Inc. stuff is like massively popular. I mean, yeah. it's like, and it's really smart. They've made some really smart decisions um, uh, over the last few years that have really changed. I feel like, you know, what people might've been complaining about, which is that they were kind of very, you know, uh, uh, unwilling to uh, experiment, you know. Um, and I want to say this was around the time of like, you know, kind of near the end of the 52 and, you know, and that sort of time. Yeah. Where, you know, it was all very house style and, uh, you know, and Marvel were doing stuff at the time, like the all new, all different, um, you know, and kind of taking more risks, seemingly. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that, that there's a lot of interesting conversation to be had there. I, I mean, I like a lot of the newer DC stuff. Again, I'm not happy with the pricing because I just think it's pricing. I mean, it's different for us. We We get a discount and all that, you know. So, you know, we're in, in a relatively privileged position. However, an expensive book at a discount is still an expensive book. And I, I'm worried that they're pricing the regular guy out, you know, and and that that concerns me. However, I do like the fact that they're being more experimental. And I, I do like the fact that actually anything kind of goes and they're also being experimental with the form and the the um I, you know the trim size for for want of a better term it's like yeah this book's going to be huge because it's on this line and then this book's going to be quite small and then this book's going to be a regular size book. uh I, I know it causes you much consternation uh and in fact it does me sometimes because trying to fit it on on shelves you know i'm over over flowing with comics here and I, i'm on a on a permanent cull um yeah, I, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff to, to talk about there, but not not all, all, all tonight. I'm sure we will circle back to this in a few weeks, and in fact, I, I would like to. Um, but yeah, lots of interesting stuff happening. The reason, you know, Batman sort of is coming up at the moment, two, two things we've got to talk about tonight. Um, the first one is that the new writer for the regular Batman book has been announced previously. Uh, we had James Tinian, who I, I believe he kind of left quite suddenly. I, I think it was a, a kind of, I don't know if it was a, uh, I mean, I, I can't say it's an unhappy part of the ways because he's still got Nice House on the Left going at DC. Lake. Nice House on the Lake. Sorry, not Nice House on the Left. What's Nice? Oh, like, Last House on the Left, I think. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Nice house on the lake. Thank you, Liz. Uh, that is still going to DC, although I believe that's create run. Um, and then you've got, you know, he's, he's got a lot of other creator own books, but I believe the parting from Batman was quite a sudden thing. And then Joshua Williamson stepped in, but it transpires that Joshua Williamson is incredibly busy. He's doing their new crisis, uh, Dark Crisis, I believe it's going to be called. Um, and this is the stuff that's like the death of the Justice League. I don't know how they're going to walk that back. But I guess we must be, we are in fact kind of five years on from Rebirth, right? Right. Now? So we are looking at the five-year cycle and we're about to kind of get 
the next kind of changeover for the DC universe. Right, right, sure you know. And I, we'll you know, I think in. it's, uh, it's, you know, I mean, killing off the Justice League, that is like, you know, I mean, it's it's quite an extreme way to do it, but I do feel like this is their way of doing, um, you know, their version of the all new, all different yeah. um, thing that Marvel did where you're bringing, you know, um, new characters, you know, newer characters to the forefront and, yeah. um, as potential successors to those mantles and... But I, I I think we are looking at another full reboot again, uh, which is just the pattern now. It is every five years we we kind of switch because you remember in 2011 we had uh, 52, uh, New 52, and then 2016 we had uh, Rebirth, and now here we are 2022. Um, so actually, it would have been 2021, but I, I suspect that because of all the the kind of things going Pandemic on, and, and, yeah. yeah. It's been delayed by a year. So here we are, you know, at the five-year cycle coming up again. So I reckon by September, there'll be a new DC right. Universe. It will certainly be announced by then, I, I, I think. I'm I'm happy to be wrong. Uh, guys, what do you think? Do you think there's going to be a new, whole new DC reboot? Have they already said it? Is there a bit of news that we missed? But, um, yeah, I mean, do, do kind of drop us a comment. Um, we did get some comments on last week's show, by the way, Liz. Um, but we'll we'll talk about those in a minute, if we can. Uh, Chip Zdarsky is going to be the new writer on Batman. How do you feel about that? I think that is a really interesting choice. Like, um, he, uh, you know, I was I was surprised to see his name on a Batman book recently. You know, I, uh, you know, which I, I've, it's a very good book. Um, you know, I picked up Batman the Night, um, which is now on its uh, second issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. And, uh, and I, you know, I feel like, oh, okay, yeah, he's, you know, um, actually this, this really works for me. Like, um, you know, and it shouldn't really come as a surprise because, um, you know, I mean, he's been writing Daredevil for, you know, several years now. And, uh, and as different as they are, there is like, there are, there are kind of similarities I feel with, uh, yeah. with Batman and Daredevil, yeah. you know, and that's sort of. I, I, I think he mentioned that in his Substack newsletter. He was saying, oh yeah, I don't know if Marvel will still let me, <laughs> I'm writing Daredevil. But he's about to kind of relaunch Daredevil as such. Uh, and, you know, it seems to be working just fine. Um, I just don't want him to take over Moon Knight. I don't feel we should have all the kind of Batman-esque characters. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Joshua Williamson, very busy. So he's kind of coming off Batman. My trouble, I, I've actually stopped buying the main Batman books. And the reason for that is I just felt, because they were literally going from one event and then straight into another. And it was just like, that's like, no. Like, really, no, 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 no. I, I think it's too much. Um, so I, I kind of just stepped off for a while. However, I'm going to jump back on. But given the success and the kind of fan response to Devil's Reign, I bet that they're going to have Starsky on an event before, like, before even, like, the first three or four months are out. I would like to see him just write some book you know mm-hmm. but um i mean what do you well, think, do you think? I, I, he's 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 gonna carry on writing daredevil as far as i know no no but i mean what i would like to see are some you know a fairly straightforward arc well i mean that's oh and oh, then yeah okay uh you so you're concerned that he's going to be thrown into writing another uh, event yeah because event of the, for the, batman or because they, there's no way as editors they're not looking at Devil's Reign and going, yeah, we'll have some of that. Because well, Devil's so Reign has been 
here's the thing. Okay, Sorry. is um, is uh, you know, uh, one of the things if he's going to be you know starting um as the ongoing writer on Batman, I mean um, there is a big event coming up. There is the death of the Justice League. Um, that is a big event. Bye. And uh, and I feel like you know for uh, for them to put a new writer on the book, um, it will have to probably be in the aftermath of that. Um, and I and I feel like uh, we don't know who Batman is yet. True, true. It's, we it, do it, know like what they've said about the death of the Justice League is that one team member will not be killed, and we don't know who it is. Um, mm. Could be Batman, but. You know, we don't know. It's, it's got to be Batman because he's unkillable. I mean, come on. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and he's in a million books, so it's yeah. like, oh, geez, you know, you can't, you can't just go killing him again. But then again, I don't know. Um, you know, he has a very clear successor. Um, sure. So you know, uh, which you know, so so that's that's a big question. Which which Batman is uh, Chip Zdarsky writing? Is he writing Bruce Wayne or or a different character? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it'll be it'll be curious to see what happens. I'm certainly going to pick up at the very least the first arc and 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 give it a go. So I'm kind of going to go back onto the regular book, I think, um, for a while. Um, also, in Batman news, I mean, I have to say, uh, I, I was I can't say too much about it, but I was very lucky enough to go and see. Thanks to our very good friend Claire Lim, um, we Claire. Um, I was lucky enough to go and see the Batman. Uh, just not last night, night before Thursday evening, and uh, I think I, I'm not allowed to say <laughs> really what I think. I think it's a very interesting kind of style to approach the story with. Um, I, I do advise everyone to go see and try it for themselves. It is a long film. So, you know, take your snacks, get yourself comfortable, uh, pick the end of the row if you can. <laughs> so, you certainly will need to run to the toilet at some point. Um, but, yeah. So, I, you'll I, I, you'll have a review written. Um, so, come, there, uh, so, we we are Come approaching Monday, this a bit right? differently. Normally, normally you and I would probably do a movie review for this uh, on the podcast, um, sort of more or less straight away. But what's going to happen is there's going to be a written review on Monday at around five o'clock when the embargo lifts. Then the following weekend, um, no, the following weekend after the release, about the twelfth of March, uh, it's going to be you, me, and Nikki. We hope doing the podcast together. Uh, and we're going to try and get, I might try and get one more guest because I, I really wanted Keith. I really, because it was such a major movie, I really wanted all four of us together. Uh, unfortunately, Keith, quite selfishly, I feel, is going to Fright Fest <laughs> the weekend. So he's off having fun, watching horror movies while we're stuck doing the podcast. No, uh, Keith is going to Fright Fest and he's, he's reporting on that for, for his own channel, uh, Home Media Minefield. So we can't we can't have Keith, sadly. I'm, I'm, I'm really gutted about that because I, I would love to have got all four of us together. Uh, I, I, I will be the uh, island of ugliness in the sea of beauty that is uh, you and Nikki, though. Um, and uh, I, I am considering getting one more guest on for this just to get a, a kind of good mix of opinion um 
so I, I imagine very much I'll, I'll be moderating that rather than <laughs> throwing too many opinions out. I don't think I'm going to get a word in edgeways, <laughs> which I'm sure is a great relief to our audience. Um, and me. But... Um... <laughs> Um, so uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm actually very interested to see what, what yours and Nikki's views will be. Uh, as Nikki said <laughs> to me in a, in a message the other day, <laughs> I love creep show Rob Pattinson, and that's <laughs> <laughs> that kind of is like, yep, okay, I can see we're gonna we're gonna be in for a lively show. Um, so we will come together. Yes, we are doing it a bit later than planned. But what we really want to do is a measured response to the film where we've had time to think about it and really kind of soak it in. And also to, to really kind of take in the public response to it. Because I genuinely don't know how people are going to feel about this movie. Um, I kind of went in fucking thrilled. You know, I, I was raring to go but and thinking this is going to be like the film of the year now I, I don't think anything's going to top this my feeling coming out is different um i'm just curious to see what the public will think i'm not going to say i'm not allowed to say anymore because warner brothers i'm sure will uh, assassinate me or something um but i i I'm curious to know what you guys were thinking. You're seeing it. You're seeing it kind of straight away, right? Release day. I uh, yeah, I will be seeing it on the release day. Um, so, uh, and I think Nikki's seeing it soon after, but can't quite make the release day, which is another reason why we're kind of we're kind of holding off a bit. Um, but yeah, a calm, measured response to the Batman. I think it's going to be the order of the day. Um, I never have a calm, measured response to Batman. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I mean, it's it, it's the comic character for me. I, I, I've absolutely loved this character since I was uh, about five years old, and it's never gone away, really. So I'm I, I'm writing my review now. It is a tough review to write. There's a lot to say about the movie, um, and I'm very curious to see what you guys think. Uh, um, yeah, that's it. That's all I can say really about it. Um, and as I said, I might, I might get one one more guest on. I'm, I'm going to sort of have a word with somebody uh, this in the following week and, and see if they're, they're interested in coming to to do the show. Um, lots of shows planned for uh, the coming weeks, guys. If you want to support us, which is really important, please do check the Patreon. Please do check the web store. Every purchase you make on the web store helps keep the website going. The website is thecomiccrush.com, and you can have a look at that there. I would like to thank everyone for tuning in. I would like to thank also Varsus, who uh, commented on our show last week, just telling us how much he'd love to see or expect to see Colin Wynn join the MCU as the new Iron Fist because he feels that's the kind of easy move in into having you know slowly pushing more of those characters in as they've done with daredevil um he would also like to kind of see the ancient seven cities come in and a lot of the kind of more uh chinese mythology come through um he had some really good opinions check out the comments if you've got an opinion on the show or or anything we've said tonight we've covered so much ground 
drop us a comment, please. I would love to hear from you. Liz would love to hear from you. Um, so I'd like to thank everyone who's been listening on the podcast, everyone who's been watching on the show. Elizabeth, I'd like to thank you. Um, well, you know, you're you're very welcome. Uh, you know, <laughs> better time. Oh. oh, am I? Because a minute ago, you wanted to do the whole bloody thing on your own. Uh, well. <laughs> you were like, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm just saying it yeah, would yeah, make for a really enough. excellent show full of great insight. <laughs> <laughs> and long pauses. <laughs> Thoughtful pauses. Oh, Thoughtful pauses. Uh. Hold on, guys. Hold on. <laughs> I need a... Oh, where's my babe? I've dropped my babe. <laughs> uh, no, it's been a pleasure as always, Liz. Um, thank you very much for coming on again and giving up your time to uh, talk about these comics. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, I look forward to talking to you next week um, about even more comics. Liz, what, what has it been this week? What has it uh, been? Another fine week in comics. It has been another fine week in comics. I'm determined. I'm determined for that to become the uh, the T-shirt, <laughs> the book, the film, the T-shirt. Um, let us know if you want T-shirts, guys. Uh, Liz has got to afford, Liz has got to be able to afford those hairdresser appointments somehow. Um, yeah, look at yeah, those my bands. Are, look at those they're getting bands. long. They're getting a bit I know. Long. Getting long. <laughs> Even I know now. <laughs> <laughs> right thanks very much for watching and listening uh we will see you next week and we will catch you next time on the crush goodbye